We had a voter turnout of 43% of the township residents. That is by far and away the largest turnout for any August election in the history of voting in Linden Township. This is episode 272 of the Community Broadband Bits podcast from the Institute for Local Self-Reliance. I'm Lisa Gonzalez. In August, the small community of Linden Township, Michigan, voted to raise property taxes to fund publicly owned fiber optic infrastructure. Mark Kieser, Gary Muntz, and Ben Feynman from Linden joined Christopher to talk about the vote, their proposed network, and how they spread the word about improving connectivity in their rural community. Our guests also describe the work of the Michigan Broadband Cooperative that's working on the Linden Project. Now here's Mark, Gary, Ben, and Christopher. Welcome to another edition of the Community Broadband Bits Podcast. I'm Chris Mitchell, and today I'm speaking with a cohort of folks from Linden Township in Michigan. I'll start with uh, introducing Mark Kieser, Linden Township Supervisor. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Chris. We also have Gary Muntz, who led the Linden Broadband Initiative ballot campaign and is also a board member of the Michigan Broadband Cooperative. Welcome to the show. Uh, Thanks, Chris. And then our our third guest is Ben Feynman, who volunteers as president of the Michigan Broadband Cooperative, and it's someone that I know has been working on this for a long time. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having us, Chris. So we got three guys from Linden Township, been working on this for a long time. I think a good place to start is with Mark Kieser, the Linden Township supervisor, for people who might have forgotten already, (laughs) to tell us a little bit about Linden. Uh, What is Linden like, and, um, and a little bit about where it's situated. Uh, Linden is situated in Washtenaw County. Um, We're a typical-sized township, and that's 36 square miles. And we're 52% state and local land, so we're a little different there than most townships. We have approximately 2,800 residents here in our township. Uh, Like I said, we're a rural recreational community. We have a lot of lakes, uh, woods, trails. Lots of recreation uh, opportunities. Is it fair to say that Linden is a bit higher educated than the average township around the Midwest? I get the impression that being so close to the University of Michigan might um, lead a certain kind of person to want to live there. That is true. Um, we're we're somewhat of a bedroom community for Ann Arbor and uh, other universities in the area. So we do get a lot of doctors, attorneys, teachers, professors out in our area. Great. Well, one of the things that that you have in Linden is something um, that I think actually stretches beyond Linden. It's the Michigan Broadband Cooperative. And and I'm curious, Ben, if you can tell us a little bit about uh, what that is. To talk about what the the Michigan Broadband Cooperative is, we we have to go back a little bit in history. Um, About four years ago, there was a, a, a group of folks in our community that was uh, actually, it was a conversation convened by our state representative at the time, and uh, this group got together to talk about the lack of broadband in the western part of the county and uh, what we could do about it. And basically, uh, one of the main outcomes of those conversations was that, that there wasn't anybody who was going to come in and solve the problem for us. And so if we wanted to solve the problem, we were going to have to do it ourselves. And so that's the reason that we formed this organization that we call the Michigan Broadband Cooperative to actually take action and find a way to build broadband infrastructure in our unserved community. And so it's a grassroots organization, uh, all volunteer run. 
it is an, a nonprofit organization, and we we are um, a, a federally recognized 501c12 uh, cooperative. And is the cooperative mainly educational in nature, and is that how it would stay, or what's the future of the cooperative look like? Thus far, it's really been educational and um, research-oriented and, well, community activism-oriented in terms of um, our, our group of volunteers has been figuring out the path forward in terms of how do we actually take the uh, the tangible steps toward building the infrastructure and w- w- what's the best way to do that. And we've found that even within our small area, there are are differences for uh, for different communities and the best way to address the problems. So to date, it's been it's been those kinds of activities. But moving forward, we we definitely are open to the possibility of being our own internet service provider. Um, some of the research we've done has indicated that one of the most advantageous models for our municipalities would be to engage with a a nonprofit service provider, uh, especially a a cooperative service provider. And so that's the reason we formed the organization like we did. Now that said, um, that's not set in stone. And if we find that there's another service provider out there that's already existing, um, that we could engage to get just as much benefit for our communities, then we're, we're happy to go that direction too. So moving on to to Gary, um, your introduction, um, I mentioned that you were uh, leading the Broadband Initiative ballot campaign. Um, What was the ballot campaign? And I mean, really, um, what's the reason that we're talking about this now after this incredible moment of August? (laughs) I got a lot of help. So I was uh, I may have been uh, one of the two people out of the point of the sphere, but I got a lot of help from my friends here on the call today. When we approached this uh, this idea, Ben and I and others that uh, were trying to figure out how it is that we solved this problem uh, in Linden Township, we really didn't realize that there would be a whole lot of work that needed to be done beyond just the engineering and the technical pieces of, of, in, of installing a fiber network. And so that brings us to talk about things like ballot language, uh, referendums, having the public vote on this. Um, we, uh, we are pioneers for ourselves in that respect, meaning we've never done this before. So we sort of had to feel our way along. But I've got to tell you that it's very important for us to mention, I think, that we had an overarching principle or concern about the way that we approached this. Uh, certainly we understand that it has to be this issue we wanted it to be, and it has to be decided by the residents of Linden Township. But the approach that we took in our campaign was one of uh, the principle of being completely informational and educational in our campaign approach. We didn't try to persuade people or to convince the vote in a particular fashion. I think our mission more was to, was to bring accurate and clear information to the residents so that when it came time for them to make this decision, that they would, they would have the information to make an informed decision. I think we're very proud of that, uh, and I think that's very good for the township. Uh, the thing about this referendum that's another unique characteristic of it is that we had a voter turnout of 40 of the township residents. That is by far and away the largest turnout for any August election in the history of voting in Linden Township. So that's another thing that's very important to us is that we had people who were informed and people that came out in numbers to make this decision. So those were two really key points of the campaign that were important. The third thing I'd like to mention is that we are very rural, as Marcus described. Typical urban kinds of election campaigning and canvassing really don't apply here because 
we can't go door to door and we don't have a downtown we can't post flyers about. So and, and anything that we could think of that would help us to reach out to the residents of Linden Township. So that was also a challenge for us in the campaign. And maybe coming back to Mark, can you just go, um, go back and, and remind us what this vote was? What, what, what has been established with the successful ballot? The ballot language basically read if the voters would approve a 2.9 mil taxation on their taxable value of their property to support a $7 million broadband project that would be paid over the course of 20 years. Um, that's pretty much the nuts and bolts of it. What they would get for it would be fiber to the home, to every house in Linden Township, um, with no one being excluded. For every, I guess, household, it is a big benefit. The downside of that, and um, I kind of feel for, I do feel for, is, is the people that won't use it, and the farmers with large properties, um, they're going to be taxed just as everybody else, but more because of their property values. And that also goes with higher, higher taxable value homes in the township. They'll be taxed more than the lower valued house in the township. So it's not quite a, a real fair way to do it, but there was no other way. We fostered this along to the vote of the people, and this was our only avenue at, at this time to do it and the only way to do it. Well, and you saw, I mean, if this is something that, that might have squeaked out at 51% of the votes, I can imagine that there might be some concern, but you had uh, two out of uh, one, uh, two out of every three people supporting it, which is uh, quite remarkable. Yeah, that says a lot for the sentiment of the people in our township. I've had so many people talk to me, call me, uh, stop me on the street and, and ask me, you know, when when's it going to the ballot? This was prior to to the ballot, of course. I, I had probably six to one people, you know, ask the questions of when it's going to the ballot. We want it. I can't wait till it comes. To everyone that was a little bit negative. Sure, and, and what you've done is uh, is quite unique. Um, not uh, entirely unique. I mean, there's I can name two other communities that have done something like this, but I think we're going to see a lot more coming forward. Ben, I wonder if you'll maybe take us back a little bit to um, what you went through to have the ballot, um, you know, just just in general. Just take us back a little bit to um, how this started and, and, you know, what maybe some of the thoughts that were running through your head at that time were. So I think it'd probably be useful for me to go through the process that, that got us to the ballot. We've spent almost four years on this project, and uh, there were some times during that period where the thoughts were, uh, man, is this ever going to actually go anywhere? Because uh, there were some tough days in terms of uh, some challenges we had to overcome and things like that. But you really have to start out by identifying the need within the community, and not only the need, but the uh, the sentiment within the community, whether the, uh, the the people in the community actually want the government entity to do something about it. And so we did a lot of surveying, um, and our surveying was, was pretty decisive in terms of people don't have broadband and people want broadband, but... Perhaps more importantly, they, they wanted the township government to, to engage to uh, try to do something about it. So when you say that you did surveying, I'm, there's multiple ways of doing that. One is to go door to door. Another would be to like stand on a street corner with a T-shirt and try and get people to answer your questions. How, how did you go about it? So the most effective method that we used was enclosing a paper survey with the, uh, the tax bills. And so property tax bills 
are mailed out to uh, to every property owner two times a year. So we took one of those opportunities to uh, basically stuff another piece of paper in the envelope that had uh, a bunch of questions about broadband. For our, our biggest survey in that regard, we had, I think, something like 291 responses. And um, we asked specifically, one of the things we asked was, would you be in favor of, I think at the time we were looking at 3.7 mills uh, over 20 years to get broadband in the community? And to to our surprise, I guess at at the time, uh, about 68% of people said uh, said yes, um, and so that was you know indicative to us that that we should move forward and take the vote to the people on whether they uh, they, they would really want to do this. So people understand the Mills language. I mean, what we're talking about, 2.9, which passed, or, or you're talking about a little over three, which was proposed. You're talking about a few hundred dollars for the average person per year. So this is a, you know, it's a significant amount of money. It's not, it's not $5 a month. It's like almost $20 a month-ish or more even. It is, yeah. And to, to give you some specific numbers, for, for the average Linden Township property owner, that 2.9 Mills comes, comes out to about $22 a month. So yeah, it's, it's not an insignificant thing. And then, to, to be clear, we're also we're, we're going to have service charges on top of that for the uh, the actual internet service. And we're we're talking about thirty-five to forty-five dollars a month for that. Um, projecting hundred megabit service, no data caps, fiber to the home, all that good stuff. So for the average property owner, that comes out to uh, what's that? Fifty-eight to sixty-eight dollars a month. Um, which is pretty good, even if you're in a uh, in urban area. In, I'd take it. in our rural area. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we, we we get that a lot from even from people in Ann Arbor. Um, but so for people in a rural area, that's far and away better than anything they can get today, whether that's you know cellular or uh, satellite or from one of the fixed wireless carriers. Right. So I, I took you off task. Um, what's, uh, so what was the next phase after the surveying? Yeah. So after, after we knew we had resident support to proceed, the, the Linden Township Board um, funded a feasibility study. So we, we brought in a consulting firm to take a look at the situation in the township and different options for how we might get broadband to everybody and, more importantly, what the financial models for those options would look like. Um, so, you know, we, we looked at things like wireless, um, probably wireless versus fiber was one of the, one of the big conversations. Uh, we ended up not going with wireless based on a few reasons. In our nice rural area, we, we have a lot of trees and forested parts of our community, and there's a problem with uh, penetration of wireless signals there. And then some rolling terrain and hills and things like that. The the net result would be that we wouldn't be able to get service to everybody using wireless. And the service that we would be able to get to people um, would be better than what they have right now, but it, it would really just be a Band-Aid in terms of it, it wouldn't really be able to scale into the future. So for solving the problem in the long term, uh, fiber optic was, was what we ended up choosing. But so uh, that was one of the results of the feasibility study. The, the other result was that, you know, that the project is financially feasible uh, if people were willing to, uh, to make that investment in the infrastructure. And so that's, uh, that's what led us to, uh, to take the next step and take it to the vote. 
So that brings us back to, well, I mean, I could ask any one of you this, I realize, but I'll bring back to, to Gary. You know, it's one thing to check a box to say I'm willing, in theory, to pay more money on my property taxes to build a network. It's another thing to secure the votes. So I'm, I'm curious how you went about making sure people were well-informed, as you said, but also, um, you know, um, maybe countering any opposition that you may have um, seen. Phrasing it more elegantly would be to say, um, you know, responding to opposition. Uh, of course, most of the heavy lifting about getting out the vote happened in this last probably six to eight months. But, you know, over the last two years, uh, you know, Ben mentioned the survey that went on the tax bill. Uh, we, can, we collected some uh, email addresses from that. Uh, so we had, you know, a few, a few, like 200 or 300 email addresses that we started with. And uh, we sort of leaned on those people to help us uh, along the way in terms of uh, of getting the word out, uh, getting help, and doing things. But in the last uh, six to eight months, I think one of the things that we did was once again to get to try to get to as many people as possible. Uh, we were able to uh, get the addresses of registered voters in Linden Township. Uh, and so the first thing we did right after the ballot language was approved, which was in May, the first thing we did was a direct mailing to every registered voter in Linden Township uh, with two messages. First. The first message in big, bold letters is vote on August the 8th. The second message was two town hall meetings that we were going to have, for open town hall meetings for residents to come and to uh, be, receive information about the project and ask questions about it. So we had two of those. They were well uh, attended. There was probably 75 people at each one of those. And we did encounter people who had differing opinions, let's say that, about whether or not the broadband was something that we should even have and uh, there were opinions about if we're going to have it, is this the way to do it? We really didn't go one-to-one -to, -one to try to uh, knock down all of those ideas. We, we basically informed people when they would come and there would be a question about things like 5G or about fixed wireless or white space or things like that. We would then try to produce uh, a FAQ or an answer to that question without taking in a, a position or anything on it, but merely stating what the facts were about the use of that technology, the cost of that technology, and the long-range uh, forecast for that technology. The other thing we had, which I thought was pretty effective and quite useful, was we had a social network that we used where people would get online, and it, it, was, it functions as basically a classified, you know, people have things they want to do or they make announcements. But, of course, it didn't take long for the broadband question to get on that social network. Needless to say, the comments there were much like we saw at the town hall. People who had been working on the committee, uh, we tended to let the audience sort of uh, monitor themselves, if you would, meaning if there was a strong negative comment, we would often see someone respond in, the, in a different way with information that was perhaps more correct or to the point. So it was sort of a self-patrolling kind of interaction between the residents themselves, which I think was extraordinarily powerful because it, our thrust was to be educational, informative, and not to be uh, twisting someone's arms or taking a position on voting. So, so we had that opportunity for people to sort of exchange ideas themselves. So that, that worked extraordinarily well. You know, so over the course of a couple of years, you know, we, we had a few touch points here and there. Uh, the aggregate of all of those came to, to roost in the last six to eight months. We conducted one final mailing just shortly before the election, which is more of a flyer-type FAQ-based approach to, to the residents, but once again, merely informing them of the, of the date of the vote and how important it was for them to vote. And I want to go back and echo something you said earlier, Chris. I think that 
you know, I, I do think that Linden Township, although we are in the minority in terms of who has done this and we're early adopters, I think that, that it has reached a point now where this is something that definitely is on people's radar, and there's a great deal of interest to it, and it is coming more to the front, and I'm hoping that the rate at which we can solve these problems will be accelerated as well as there will become a more consolidated way to do this rather than approaching it 36 square miles at a time. Yes, I, I certainly hope so. And I, I have no doubt that you're all working with others or at least sharing your, your lessons with others around you. Um, a question I want to ask you um, in a second. But but first, Gary, I'm just curious, and, and I'd certainly welcome anyone else jumping in. When you were talking about these differences of opinion, I, I think you know a lot of us think Michigan, um, it's a pretty well red-blue split state. Um, and I'm curious, did, did sort of politics come into your discussions over the years, or is it more pragmatic discussions? of just how to get it done? I would say that I don't believe that it became a political discussion. I, it may have followed some party lines in terms of conservatism and liberalism. I think any time that you put a question on the ballot that deals with an increase in people's taxes, people automatically have a gut reaction to that. I'm happy about this. I think it turned out to be more a decision about the facts than dividing itself along any political lines. Mark, I'm curious, is that similar to when people raised objections with you? Was it more of a, um, more of what I would say, a political or non-political nature? Oh, definitely non-political. I, I tried my best to stay neutral on the, on the subject because I knew that once it went to the vote, the people would decide. And, and that's how, I mean, that's true democracy in action right there. And, and what we did as a board is we just fostered it um, along the path that it had to take to get it to the vote the people. And um, I want to commend the Michigan Broadband Cooperative. I, w I attended um, their town hall meeting, and it was very professional. Um, yes, there was some uh, negativity there, but they handled it in a very professional manner. And I think at, at the end of the night, everybody was, was pretty much happy and satisfied with the information they got. They tried to stay pretty much to the facts, and, and it really showed. Um, so it was a good push by them to uh, get it to the people and, and let them decide. Well, Mark, I'm curious what comes next. I mean, my I have an in-law who's on a township board, and I, I certainly get the impression that there's always many more things to do than there is time or or, or willingness from people to help. But but I saw in the plans that you're hoping um, to have the network um, have people signed up by the end of next year, which means I'm sure your plate just got a lot more full with that successful referendum. So what comes next? Plate got a little full is probably a little bit of an understatement. Um, <laughs> What we're doing now, uh, we just had a meeting last night. One of the steps that we did is we, um, since we had a lot of talented, knowledgeable, and uh, educated uh, residents in the township, we decided to tap into them and, and let them help us along the way. So we uh, created an ad hoc committee at the board level, or the township board level, and then we asked for residents to send in their resume if they wish to volunteer their services to be put on a committee. And what that committee is going to do, uh, it's, going to, it's going to research. We broke it down into several different areas, and each area has a group leader. We had 15 applicants, all of them very knowledgeable, and it was hard to choose just to break it down to five. But we wanted to break it down to five just to make sure that it moved forward and, and didn't uh, get bottled up with 
any kind of uh, indecisiveness. So they're going to be tasked with an object- objective, and then it's going to be come back to the board. They'll come back to that committee that we call it the implementation committee. The implementation co- committee will make a decision on whatever that area is, and then they'll take it to the board as their recommendation. Because um, as, you, as you may know, Chris, township boards uh, are elected people with all different uh, skill set. You know, we have farmers, we have teachers, we have uh, all different types of people on our board. And IT is not really uh, their forte. So we're going to let the residents help us with that. On, on a bigger level, one of the tasks is hire a consultant. So one of the committees has that task to interview the consultants, bring it back to the, to the committee. We'll look at it as a committee and then make a recommendation to the board. So it's really engaging all our residents with this uh, project. We're sticking with that grassroots kind of feel of this project. Excellent. So my, the, the last question I wanted to throw out there was, uh, I guess, um, I'd throw it at Ben. Um, what's happening in surrounding areas? I, I'm guessing Linden is not the only one looking at this. What, one of the things that we said after the, uh, the vote was successful is that, you know, that this moment for, for Linden Township, is, it's, it's bigger than just Linden Township. And when we started this journey uh, four years ago, it was a number of Linden Township residents, but also a, a number of residents from uh, surrounding townships and communities who have been working together on this over the years. So we have three other townships that have already completed uh, feasibility studies. There's one other township that already has their, uh, their vote scheduled uh, for May of next year, and uh, they're voting on basically the exact same thing, whether or not to uh, use a, uh, a property tax to pay for fiber to the home to all of their households. And uh, townships who ha- had not yet previously done anything are, are now looking at if there's an opportunity for them to address this problem that a lot of people have been talking about for years, but nobody nobody's known what to do about it. So we're we're hoping to be able to provide at least one model of a way to actually take action and solve the problem. Excellent. Let me throw it open. If there's any other comments before we end the interview, uh, Gary, Ben, uh, Mark, do you have any concluding thoughts? Chris, I, I'd like to take a, just say one thing about this. Sure. Go ahead, Gary. I mentioned that you know. 36 square miles at a time. I know there are other people out there, as Ben is so as described here, just locally, within our arm's reach, there's a half a dozen or more that are considering the same thing. Uh, I'm just hopeful that uh, out of things like this and other efforts that we can, we can find a way that's more organized and more coordinated and makes more sense and moving forward to, to accomplish this. We started out using the words of underserved populations. We thought of Linden Township as underserved, and that's sort of the, you know, the broadband wording and echoing of, of broadband concepts. But really, Chris, it's, it's underprivileged is the right word because I have children, and they're in school, and uh, it makes a huge difference that we don't have this opportunity in Linden Township for broadband. I really do not like the fact that we're going to possibly have to repeat this effort over and over again it takes time, it takes effort, it takes a lot of involvement by people. I'm not saying anything is easy, but I think there must be a better way. I certainly hope that there will be. Sometimes it takes, you know, one community starting off with something 
to to get those others so others won't necessarily have to follow in the same path you know you've done a lot of the hard work and others will be able to find ways of of working together maybe now that they see that there there is another life that's possible i want to i want to just say that that i really really appreciate the kind of leadership that mark i'm sure that that this um involves some of you going above and beyond because of the incredible increase of your responsibilities um but but gary and ben particularly as volunteers i over four years, you guys are smart guys. You could have been doing a lot of different things with your spare time. And to be putting this into bettering the community is something that's just really terrific and should be celebrated. Well, thank you, Chris. We appreciate that. I, I might regret saying this later, but uh, I, I do want to say that we're, we're we're open to having conversations with, with other communities that are on a similar path. And hopefully we can share our successes as well as our, our challenges and our failures and how we overcame them so that, that everybody can be more successful. Great. I'll, I'll be really excited to send people your way in, in coming months and years. <laughs> so thank you, Mark, Gary, and Ben for your time. Much appreciated. Thank you, Chris. Thanks, Chris. That was Christopher with Mark Kieser, Gary Muntz, and Ben Feynman from Linden Township, Michigan, talking about the community's recent vote to fund a municipal fiber network. We have transcripts for this and other Community Broadband Bits podcasts available at muninetworks.org slash broadbandbits. Follow Chris on Twitter. His handle is at communitynets. Follow muninetworks.org stories on Twitter. The handle is at muninetworks. Subscribe to this podcast and the other ILSR podcasts, Building Local Power and the Local Energy Rules podcasts. You can access them on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Thank you to Arnie Husby for the song Warm Duck Shuffle license through Creative Commons. And thanks for listening to episode 272 of the Community Broadband Bits podcast. <laughs> <laughs>